Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. What an incredible, incredible day in Philadelphia sports. The Sixers are up 3-2 in the Eastern Conference semifinals. The Sixers went into Boston last night and didn't just beat the Celtics. I thought they took apart the Boston Celtics. That was like everything that we've been waiting for with the Sixers for years. It all came out last night. Everything. They played as a team. Joel Embiid played like a championship player. And it wasn't even his most dominant statistical game he's ever had. I mean, you look at the numbers, like he was good. But watching possession to possession, I thought Joel Embiid was a played like a championship player. He went to the post. He got to the free throw whenever he wanted to. That chase down block, what, about five minutes to go? The Sixers just up, still up about 14 points. You know, that was it. Like, that was the play that said something's different here with this team. What a performance by the Sixers. We'll get into it all. Reaction to the Sixers' performance. We'll look ahead to game six. The odds to win the finals right now. And really give it credit to everyone that deserves credit here. Uh, after the biggest Sixers victory we've seen in two decades. I mean, that game, considering the meaning of the game, and, and they showed the stat on TNT that when teams, when it's a 2-2 series, when teams win that fifth game, whoever wins the fifth game wins about 82% of the time. It's 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 a remarkable kind of performance by the Sixers to go up to Boston and to get those kind of performances by really everyone. You look up and down the, the box score, everyone contributed. You know, everyone did their job. Even a guy like Daniel House coming in. We know what P.J. Tucker does. Tyrese Maxey finally broke out. You know, he's too good of a player to be scoring 13 or 14 points on most games like that. It had to arrive soon, and it did for Tyrese Maxey. He was he was tremendous for the Sixers. I thought James Harden, even though he wasn't really the scorer in this game for the Sixers, and he didn't need to be, he was in control. I saw a stat where the Sixers had about 53 pick and rolls run by Maxey and 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 Harden. You know, one of the two of them was running the pick and roll. And in those pick and rolls, that they just dominated the Celtics. They just totally dominated the Celtics. And, you know, when you watch that game from the start to the end, the one thing that stood out is, and I mentioned it yesterday when we talked about the keys to victory, is the Sixers had to change the pace of the game or control the pace. They couldn't let the Celtics just run up and down the court while they walked up and down the court. Well, they were able to control it by doing their own thing. Like the Sixers, that game was played at the Sixers' pace last night. It was a slower pace. Even the Celtics' offense was all in the half court. It was hard. Everything was hard for the Boston Celtics because the Sixers were playing smart. They were playing officially. They weren't turning the ball over. It wasn't leading to fast breaks. They weren't missing shots, which, of course, leads to fast breaks. So by playing well on offense, the Sixers really controlled the game and let their defense set up. And then when their defense sets up and Joel Embiid is, is sitting back there guarding the rim and their perimeter guys are sticking to the Celtics, I mean, it's just – it's not much the Celtics could do. I, I thought last night, you know, it was kind of a microcosm of what the two teams, the best of the Sixers, the worst of the Celtics. The Sixers played with pace. They played smart. They played as a team. Joel Embiid played the kind of game that I think everyone, whether you're, you know, a die-in-the-wall, hard, you know, die-hard, support Joel no matter what fan, or you are more critical of someone because with great, you know, expectations – you expect big things, right? With, with great talent comes great responsibility. Wherever you fall on the Joel Embiid scale, 
you had to love what you saw last night because it was, I thought in the first half, before the game kind of got away, because in the second half, it was away from the Celtics. The Sixers had really won the game, and it was just about not collapsing. You know, when they when they got up 14, 16, 17, 18, you know, it's hard to come back from that. I know, I know the Celtics did it in game three, but uh, game four, but it's hard to do that in back-to-back games. Like that's, you, you kind of have the game at that point. In the first half, though, the game was still in the balance. It was still seven, eight, nine, six. Like it was there. And every time you sense any life from the Boston Celtics, Joel Embiid would get to the free throw line. Every time maybe the game, the pace you thought it could change a little bit or the Celtics hit a shot and they came down, they're going to get a stop, Joel Embiid would get to the free throw line. He, he has mastered, maybe maybe better than any big man I've seen. I mean, Shaq was a different kind of draw, a foul guy, because he would just he would just plow into you until you either were submissive or you just wrapped him up. So other than Shaq, Joel has become the best big man I've ever seen at just getting to the free throw line whenever he wants. It's guard-like, it's Harden-like, you know, prime Harden-like, how he just gets to the free throw line. I mean, there was the one play, I don't remember which defender it was on on Joel on on the kind of the right side of the baseline where he was kind of swatting at the ball. It might've been Grant Williams swatting at the ball, trying to steal it, you know, kind of just kind of, you know, trying to get in Embiid's head. And he just kind of waited. He waited. And he, he watched the, the defender come with the swipe and he just threw his arms up. And it's just easy free throw attempts. And, you know, Joel wasn't shooting the ball early, particularly amazing. He had the, the bounce off the rim for the first three. I think he was like four of 10 or four of 11 at one point when they showed his stats. But he had been racking up points because he just kept getting over and over to the free throw line. Man, that performance last night, it puts them one win away from a trip to the Eastern Conference Finals. Tucker Bagley with me here as we do these shows on YouTube, on video. Tucker, what did you think last night of, of, well, just everything? Like, that last night was the game that we've been waiting for this team to have for five years. Yeah, it felt it felt odd because they were up like 14 with two minutes to go, and you still felt a little nervous because this team just has a penchant for, for losing these kind of games. But it's the game that we've been begging for from not only Joel Embiid, but but from everybody else. I mean, this is Joel Embiid's kind of breakout championship moment, and I, I feel like that turning point at the end of the fourth quarter in Game Four, where PJ Tucker kind kind of you know stomped over there and yelled at him, and then he he came back in overtime and, and really set the tone. I feel like that's not only a turning point in this season in this series, but but possibly Joel Embiid's career. I mean, he looked like a different player last night, and I think for the first time all series, even though we know he's the MVP and, and he's, you know, the most talented player on the court. He looked like the best player on the floor that every minute he was out there, he imposed his will uh, on both sides of the court. He, he was fantastic Had four blocks defensively had 33 points, only shot like 10 to 24 or 10 to 23. He didn't shoot the ball particularly well, but you mentioned he got to the free throw line and he was the best player and he controlled that entire game. Every moment he was on the floor and, the supporting cast stepped up for the first time, I thought, too. And I think what's encouraging to me is you didn't get, you know, out-of-this-world performances from everybody else, right? Tobias Harris didn't go off for 40 points. He got 16. We've seen him do that before. Uh, Tyrus Maxey got 30 points. We've seen him do that before. The bench stepped up and had real productive minutes, but you only had 16 bench points total. I mean, everyone stepped up, and I think everyone today will tell you it was a team effort. Harden had 17 and 10, but I think what's encouraging is they were dominant, but everyone did things that are repeatable, right? Like going into game six, I don't think we can sit here and say, well, they can't do that again because what we saw from them is something we've seen them do plenty of times before, and I think they could certainly do it again. 
can. Um, and the other thing, when you think about how they played in this game, I thought Doc Rivers had a really good night. Doc Rivers has outcoached Joe Missoula in the series. I, and it's not even close in some of these games. Like last night, and, and they had Ali LaForce from TNT in the sideline with Doc at one point, asking about the switching between the zone and the man. And he basically, he was kidding around, being self-deprecating. He was saying, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not sure which, if either of them are any good. But I'm just going to keep switching back and forth to throw different looks. Them. It worked. Boston is out of sorts. And I know Boston has done this before. I mean, literally last year, they lost a home game five, and they looked bad on their own court to the Bucs, and they went to Milwaukee and won game six and then won game seven. So they're not fully dead yet. I mean, they're on the map right now. They're not fully dead yet. But there's something about the way the Sixers are playing them. It's, it's like there was a switch. Tucker just mentioned the, the moment with P.J. Tucker in game four. It felt like in late in game four, the, the moment happened that always happens in Sixers Celtics where the Celtics, it's like the big brother, little brother. Like, come on, you're not, you're not really – you're not ready to beat me. Like, that's it. Like, that's when the Celtics came back in game four, that's what it felt like. Like, here we go again. The big brother just kind of smirking at the little brother, like, mm -mm, nah, it's not your turn yet. And then, but the Sixers won the game. The Sixers fought back. The P.J. Tucker, you know, and one happened. And he woke him beat up, hardened hit the shot. They won. And I, I, I think if, if this happens, if the Sixers finish this off and go to the Eastern Conference Finals and the Sixers go win a championship, we'll talk about the, the latest odds over at FanDuel. We're going to look back at the end of game four into game five with the way Embiid came out, the mentality Embiid came out with, the way Maxi showed up, the way Harden played officially. And we're going to say that was it. That was the switch that this rivalry had, had not had for years. I mean, it's been all Celtics. And now it feels like the Sixers believe they're better. Now, they have to finish it, but the Sixers believe they are the better basketball team right now. That's pretty darn cool to see because we haven't seen that out of the Sixers. Like, they've never shown, like, that they believe in themselves. And now it feels like they believe in themselves. And a couple of things stood out last night. Um, you know, the Celtics, for as good as they are, and I do think they're a really good team, they, they seem to have very little other way to win. You know, they, 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 I mentioned the pace a lot in this series. And when it's on for them, they're, they're, they're great. I mean, they, they could beat anybody. It's why they were the favorite to win the title as of a few days ago. And, and really entering the playoffs, once the Bucs got knocked out, they became the favorite. But without pace, there's just – there's like a – like they, they go to their plan B and they're all off. They're like it's, – it's a very odd team. It almost feels sometimes with Tatum and Brown. Like Harden and Embiid – they play off each other. Again, 53 pick and rolls last night run by either Harden or Maxi. They play off each other. Doesn't it sometimes feel like Brown and Tatum are on the court at the same time, but never together, like not passing to each other, not rolling off each other. It's like, all right, your turn or my turn, your turn or my turn, or I guess we'll get the, the other guys involved. It's, it, they're a weird team. It, it, they're oddly coached. There's a weird, like, arrogance to the way they play like, nah, we got this. No big deal. Like just jacking up threes like they, they were playing that game. Game five at home in an Easter conference semi as if it was November. Like, all right, we're, we're struggling, but I, we'll see what happens. We'll just keep shooting. Like there was no, we got to change things up. We have to do something different. Very, very bizarre game from the Celtics. And they have completely opened the door now for the Sixers to slam it shut in game six back in Philadelphia. It's going to be so much fun to watch the crowd in game six, to watch how everyone in Philadelphia reacts to this team now. And, and really to watch how people, including myself, because I I have been a doubter. I have been a real doubter of Doc Rivers, of Joel Embiid, and, and not Joel's talent, obviously the MVP of the league, but of, of him as a championship player. 
They won me over. They won me over with the way they played in game five because they left no doubt. They didn't let the Celtics back in the game. They didn't leave it up to a game-winning shot. They went in there and they smacked the Celtics in game five. And now, you know, they're the favorite to win this series. They are the co-favorite right now at FanDuel Sportsbook to win the whole thing. Though it is interesting when you look at the odds. Um, and we'll get to, uh, you know, previewing game six and all that stuff coming up tomorrow. But, you know, when you look at the odds for the series right now and, and the Sixers and the Celtics, the Sixers are the favorite. Again, they're the favorite to win the whole thing. Yet when you look at the specific odds for game number six, the Sixers are the underdog at home. They are two, currently right now a two-point underdog at home Thursday night in a closeout game. Now, you kind of play it forward if the Sixers don't win it in game six and they have to go back to Boston to try to finish it there in game seven. They'll obviously be an underdog in that game. So, you know, the betting market is saying, yes, the Sixers are likely to win one of two, but they're unlikely to win each in a vacuum. Like they're the underdog in game six and they will be an underdog in game seven if we get there. So it's, it's interesting the way this is, this is like shifting in real time. And I think a lot of that is because people just believed a lot in the Celtics. They didn't believe in the Sixers. Certainly here in Philadelphia, there's been very few that have believed super strongly in the Sixers the entire time. I haven't been one of them, but last night, just an incredible performance. I, I am so proud of Joel Embiid with the way he played. That chase down block was so, like, it just felt like he took he took it to a new level. He took it to a new level uh, with that. that. That was like, we're not going to lose tonight. Like, I'm not letting them come back tonight. That was so cool to see. And then Maxi to wake up the way he did. If the Sixers take the mentality they showed, you know, from the P.J. Tucker, as Tucker mentioned, the other Tucker, this Tucker, Tucker Bagley mentioned, the P.J. Tucker scream at MB or whatever you want to call it in game four. If they take what they showed mentally from that moment through game five into game six with the crowd behind them, they're going to win the series. Like it's going to end in game six if the Sixers take that mentality. Now, I expect the Celtics to be better and they're going to shoot better. And Al Horford probably can't shoot that badly ever again. And it'll probably be a more competitive game. But if they take that mentality all the way in and through game six, they'll finish it in Philadelphia and they'll be the favorites to win the Eastern Conference. An incredible shift, an incredible moment. And just enjoy today. I mean, enjoy this. This is a celebratory day in Philadelphia sports because the Sixers showed the fight and the mentality of a champion, which is something that we haven't seen here since Allen Iverson was on the court in 2001. That's just it. They haven't shown that in a very, very long time. Thank you for listening to WIP Daily. We're back tomorrow with another episode. Appreciate everyone subscribing, following wherever you get your podcast, and of course, following the show and watching on all of our video platforms. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll talk tomorrow right here on WIP Daily.